Hi everyone, welcome back to Mummy Matters. Our guest today is an accredited IBCLC consultant who has come on this episode to give us the truth about breastfeeding. She'll be busting any myths as well as advising the best way to have a positive breastfeeding journey. It's my pleasure to introduce Isabel Jordan. Hi, I'm a, a trained nurse and I've worked in various different settings as a trained nurse. Um, I've been an Alecha League leader, which is a, a breastfeeding counsellor um, with the voluntary sector um, for 16 years and an IBCLC for nine years. And an IBCLC is a lactation consultant. It, it, it basically stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Um, I've helped very many, many mothers and trained a few to become um, peer supporters. I'm currently uh, supporting a mum at the moment to become a La Leche League leader, and I help run La Leche League of Leicester with my co-leader, Helen. I, ha- I also have two children who are teenagers, both of whom were successfully breastfed. Perfect. So let's just start by saying what is a con- lactation consultant and what do you actually do? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that probably don't even know you exist. Um, as yeah. I didn't. I didn't know my first two, with my third. I, I heard about lactation consultants. But yeah, so if you want to give us a breakdown of what, what you do, what you are, what you're about. Okay, so a lactation consultant, um, an IBCLC, is somebody who has spent at least, um, well, there are different pathways to becoming um, a lactation consultant. And one of those is the voluntary sector. It, via the voluntary sector, you have to have done um, so many hours one-to-one helping and that's usually considered done if you've done five years as a volunteer um, breastfeeding counsellor. You then have to undertake 95 hours of related study within the year before you take the exam. Mm -hmm. So um, that usually constitutes uh, conferences or training days um, related to breastfeeding and ethics and and some related topics but a certain number of those have to be related to lactation. You then take a four-hour exam after that um, on breastfeeding and child development and then you have to recertify every five years and they're just currently changing the guidelines around that so the exam you don't have to do it via exam you can do it by just proving that you've done so many hours training um, within the last five years and continue to help mothers in one-to-one settings um yeah so that's what a lactation a lot of experience behind you basically yes it is that's good um so my other question was are all lactation consultants accredited no unfortunately it's not a protected title so anybody can call themselves a lactation consultant and um yeah so you need to look for the ibclc afterwards to know that you're getting and we're considered the gold standard in lactation i think still so yeah Yeah. Um, you're the people to go to (laughs) yeah good so let's get straight into it what helps a mother produce milk and are there any specific things that you think will help so um, basically your baby will help you produce milk um being pregnant Mm -hmm. delivering and um having your baby there is your biggest support in helping you produce milk and the, the biggest thing is getting the baby to feed latch effectively and the more your baby spends at the breast the more milk you make skin to skin is also really really important if you can possibly and birth is very very unpredictable but there are certain things in birth that can 
not help with um, breastfeeding successfully. Lots and lots of intervention, lots and lots of separation. Some of the pain medication doesn't help. Obviously, some of those things we cannot help. Birth is unpredictable. But the thing that really helps to turn that around is skin to skin and keeping your baby skin to skin as soon as you can yeah. and breastfeeding and latching effectively. Yeah, it's funny you say that because personally, I've got three three little kids. Um, with my first, um, I had a tear when I when I gave birth, so they passed baby on to my husband while they stitched me up, and it actually took me around I think six months for my baby to actually learn to latch and feed properly. It took ages, and with my second and third, I made it a point that regardless of what's happened, as soon as baby comes out, I want baby on me straight, and I honestly believe that that is the reason why they they took to feeding so well that it was almost instant um so it's like almost like a golden hour in motherhood like try and get them straight on um and then hopefully your body will just start doing what yeah. it needs and it's it you know in those situations it's everybody working around and making yeah. sure that skin to skin happens if it really can't happen mm. then skin to skin with dad is next best yeah. because babe, that baby's still getting that skin to skin and is still being kept calm and regulated because that's the other thing that skin to skin does mm. but um yeah it, it's better if mum can do the skin to skin yeah no that's fine so are there any specific food or drink that will help with lactation right so the biggest issue around not producing enough milk is the fact that the baby is not getting access or time spent at the breast and is not or is not transferring milk efficiently mm. um, they are the main things no lotion or potion will help unless that is happening first okay mm. there are some um, galactagogues and I don't really want to go into them too much there, there is a book I refer to Obviously, remaining hydrated and getting a healthy, balanced diet is really good. But what happens is the mother goes down first. So if you stop feeling ill or not right, um, um, then it's, it's worth paying attention to that. Yeah. Because um, it's nature's way of protecting baby and milk supply. Yeah. So I've seen these lactation cookies that are being advertised. And I've heard a lot about them. I think I've had, even had a few mums that have asked me about them. Mm -hmm. Do they really work? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's always that, um, what do you call it? The um, psychological element, a placebo effect, yeah. you know, where you give someone someone and they believe that it helps. It might be that they, they help you feel more confident and lactation yeah. teas. And yes, the, there are stuff around fennel, fenugreek these things but that's why you know the most important thing is that we remove the milk and it's removed efficiently um, and that is the most important thing to um, help maintain milk supply I mean oats yeah great um, it's part of a healthy diet yeah we have porridge but yeah not really <laughs> it could be nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What should mothers uh, who are breastfeeding look out for while they're feeding and what remedies can they use to help? So when you're breastfeeding a baby, um, it, sh it shouldn't hurt. Mm -hmm. um, if there's a, an initial pain when the baby goes on, but it goes off, it's okay. <laughs> um, as long as it's not causing damage and trauma, you should, be, should learn what a baby swallowing sounds like. That's really important. And it's a soft <laughs> sound, not a click. Yeah. Not like that 
a soft sound because we need to hear that um, every suck or every two sucks more often than that maybe baby's not getting enough milk we need to watch out the nappies making sure that we've got enough wet and dirty nappies and can i say right now that a baby under six weeks needs to poo at least once a day if not two or three times a day and it's um after the first week it's yellow cd poo under six weeks after six to eight weeks that changes a baby can poo once a day once every other day or even once a week but it's a punami but before six weeks yeah it's at least once a day okay. um they're the main things it shouldn't hurt learning to hear what your baby swallows like and um the poo and the wet nappies are the main things to look out for okay so is there any like problems that you can get while you're breastfeeding? Is mastitis, the blocked ducts, they're the most common ones, yes. Mastitis literally means inflammation of the breast. Um, and it's usually because um, there's milk stasis, babies suddenly change their feeding routine, or you've had a bra that's cutting in, or a sling that's cutting in, or um, maybe changing the way you've slept at night. Um, and, and it's usually an occlusion or holding the breast while the baby feeds. Um, it can back the milk up sometimes mm -hmm. and mean that the um, uh, you get a blockage. So um, what are you doing in that situation if, some, if someone was going through? I'm just like helping that. a mum today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so um, heat, um, massage has become a little bit controversial. Mm -hmm. I think vibration, so using the back of a toothbrush there is this wonderful gizmo out there that you can buy that basically vibrates the breast but to be honest and I hope you'll forgive me for saying this a vibrator underneath the breast can be just as good and a pump on that breast yeah. um, there's an Epsom salt bath that you can do particularly if it's a block duct or a bleb that um, a, a bleb is like it's like a white pimple that forms on the end of the nipple it's extremely painful and basically what it means is that there's a block duct just underneath the surface and if you can get, um, I don't know if people have seen a hacker yeah. uh, with warm water and Epsom salts in it, maybe a tablespoonful, and that can really help um, unblock it. Mm -hmm. um, they're the main things, I think, yeah. that the most common things that can go wrong. Hmm. Okay, so we have a thing on our podcast that uh, we like to bust the myths surround the topics that we're doing um, and with breastfeeding we've heard so many I mean I've, I personally have been through so many um, that I've heard of so um, I'm gonna shout them out to you um, and if you can kind of let us know um, yeah. you know if, if there's any truth in them really so let me just get the questions up so the first one if baby is feeding regularly you're not producing enough milk no that's not true so a breastfed baby will feed um, very, very frequently sometimes. They do get into a rhythm, but there are times like we call them growth spurts or developmental leaps. Um, I hate the term sleep regression. We're moving forward. Um, they do go through these times where they feed constantly. Mm. It's, and it is like almost one day. I remember my first and it's a long time ago. My daughter's now 19 and, and my husband left for work and he came back 10 hours later and I was still on the sofa. I that was me with baby food. number two. Yeah, <laughs> just constant feeding. <laughs> constant, constant feeding. Yeah. As long as it's only for a few days yeah. and then then you, you may, may notice that their rhythm has changed. Mm. 
then that's that's normal. I mean, they can do it for so many different reasons. You know, usually that you've got a way to stay with somebody else. That's always fun because they want to play. Um, <laughs> or they've got chicken pox, they've got teething, snotty nose, tummy bug, you know, but there's loads of reasons why they do it. As long as it's not constant. Then yeah. So just a few days and then they go back to some sort of routine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, breastfeeding is natural, so it'll be easy. No. <laughs> uh, well, ideally, in an ideal world, we'd, we'd get to all mothers and do antenatal sessions, which were cut during COVID and they're just restarting. And then mothers would understand what is, in, you know, it makes it easier um, if you understand what you're facing. But no, it's... Yeah. It, it, and I think you're on demand, aren't you? You are <laughs> on demand 24-7, but you are on demand 24-7, yeah. you know, whether you're breastfeed or not, you know, that you have a baby, they are hard work. Yeah. Um, um, and it is one of the hardest things you can do is have a baby, but um, it's understanding that constant need is, is quite hard, yeah. So small breasts don't make as much milk. No, that's rubbish. Um, you, you can breastfeed with any size breast, Sometimes there is a, a discrepancy between storage capacity and you, with small breasts, you might have to feed a little bit more frequently, but no. Um, Doesn't make a difference. No. So you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. Uh, that is a myth. Um, <laughs> so if you are breastfeeding exclusively and by exclusively, I mean not using bottles or dummies and um, co-sleeping safely and attachment parenting and carrying a baby in a sling. It is very, very unlikely that you will get pregnant. But yeah. once you've started solids and you've broken that sort of exclusive need on you, yeah. then yes, it's more likely. But I've known mums do that and still get pregnant really early on. So it's really? not... Um, Oh, you know 100% yeah so not all mums can produce milk so there are a tiny percentage of women and it is tiny it's definitely under five percent although it might be a little bit larger than that with them breast surgery right. thrown in who cannot produce enough milk mm -hmm. but as a lactation consultant and those within the field, it's our job to make sure that that mother maintains the supply that she has and there are things that can be done. Okay. Um, so it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of women that, that can't produce enough milk. Obviously, surgery skews that. Um, Breastfeeding makes it difficult for dad and other members of the family to bond with baby. No, well, no, it doesn't because... <laughs> Um, it's, 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 it's that network of support that you've got around you to look after mum. You can do baths. You can go for a little walk with the baby. You can change nappies. I know some people might you know, not like doing that, but it's time to spend with that child. You know, you can play with the baby and looking after mum is looking after that baby. Yeah. So um, in those early weeks. Um, that's the biggest takeaway. Looking after mum is looking after baby. Baby, yeah. <laughs> So the next thing, if baby cries, you're not producing enough milk. So if they're constantly wanting feeds and crying, you're not producing enough milk. Not, no. Um, I mean, there are sometimes babies aren't 
and and if you're worried get help and you know you might be your midwife it might be your health visitor some of them are really good in breastfeeding some of them are not so good mm. you know call an ibclc if you're worried but no that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not producing enough milk there are lots of different reasons that babies cry yeah. um you know nappy cold hot poorly colic well colic's a symptom of mm. something else but you know there's lots of reasons babies their way of communicating isn't it that's the that's the form of communication really and if you're struggling get help um you know yeah so the last one is you should top up feeds so you know exactly the amount that they require to be healthy that is that is a really good way of stopping breastfeeding um really (laughs) topping up feeds yes um if you the more bottles you give i'm assuming you're talking about bottles yeah so like Uh, if they say if they express and then give it in a bottle just to see uh, how much they're getting um or the other way giving formula okay Uh, formula will reduce your milk supply because um if you give a bottle you're replacing one feed but formula gen not always but can make a baby sleep a lot longer because it's like it's not easy to digest so that's two feeds you've missed Mm. and then your milk supply will drop because you're not getting that stimulation of the breast yeah um if you're pumping and giving breast milk um obviously you're pumping so you're maintaining that supply but you're introducing a bottle Mm. and sometimes some babies tolerate that and sometimes they don't and they can get uh something called well it used to be called nipple confusion but it's actually you know the teat of a bottle is much more um hard and a baby can get used to that and and often it's the flow from the bottle because it just Mm. if you're not using paste bottle feeding then it can just pour into the baby's mouth and then when you put them back to the breast they're not uh, they're having to work for that milk rather than it just pouring into their mouth and they get frustrated so uh, pumping is also it's not a pleasant thing to do. It's hard work on top of what you're already doing. So if you can avoid it, then I would. Yeah, that's fine. So do do you need to always know the required amount? Like, is there a required amount for a baby to be healthy? Or is it, um, because my understanding when I was breastfeeding my three, it was your body will produce how much your baby needs, um, depending on how many times you put them on and all that kind of thing. But Ultimately, your body will know how much to produce. So there'll be times where you produce more. There'll be times where you produce less, depending on your baby's appetite. Has that changed that that message? So as um, a lactation consultant, sometimes we need to know because sometimes you're faced with quite difficult, tricky situations that you actually need to know how much this child is getting. We consider lactation somewhere between 600 mils and a litre a day. Yeah. That's quite a big gap if you think about it. It is much better as a mother, tune into your child, know what what a sated baby looks like, that they're transferring milk properly, that they're feeding regularly and their poo and their nappies because what goes in has to come out. And if if there's enough poo, yellow seedy poo after the first week, then um, they're generally getting them up and the last thing is weight gain you know and the health professionals will be coming in to weigh babies and monitor that okay so what advice would you give as a lactation consultant to anyone who is maybe thinking about breastfeeding or someone who already is to make the journey easier 
Right, getting your network of support sorted out. Often there are loads of, um, around the country, there are loads and loads of different peer support um, uh, groups and, and finding your network of support. If you're struggling, know who to go to to get help. We have Lactation Consultants of Great Britain website where you can find a local IBCRC who can help um, assess properly yeah. and um, help you if you're struggling. Or some, sometimes, you know, there's La Leche League as well, to, you know, or the NCT, whoever you have locally, there's the ABM. Um, around the country, it's very different, the, the, the services that are provided, your local peer support. Sometimes the um, NHS have peer support um, groups. Um, you know, it's, it's looking for the people that are the specialists in your area around yeah. breastfeeding and who to go to. Yeah, so you get the relevant and the accurate information. information yeah. Yeah, which is so needed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to give your details? Uh, if people want to contact you, where's the best place to contact you? So it's my phone number. <laughs> um, my phone number is 07906040476. Um, I'm also on Lactation Consultants of Great Britain. And I do get word of mouth referrals locally in Leicester. Um, and uh, further further afield sometimes as well. So um, yeah, if you want to contact me and if you're somewhere else, um, we have a network of support. So, you know, if you can't find someone locally, be able to, I might know someone. Perfect. Thank you so much for doing this. It was much needed. I think all these myths that we hear about breastfeeding, um, hopefully it's calmed a lot of people's minds down and they kind of know, you know, what's real and what's not. Um, but thank you for doing this and we really appreciate um, you coming on.